YFC planted a youth center and our main purpose is how to reconcile the youth that live there to the Lord and how to reconcile them with each other. It's a tough task. Some were thinking it's an impossible task, but we believe in the Lord that has died on the cross to reconcile us to the Father and even to help us forgive and be reconciled to each other, even our enemies. Welcome to the Watermark Wesleyan Church Reach and Teach Podcast with your hosts, Randy Johnson and Dan Ward. Welcome back to the Reach and Teach Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dan Ward, joined here by Randy Johnson. Today, we have a chance to hear from a wonderful friend of our churches who happens to minister in Lebanon. And Randy, you are joined for this interview by someone who knows our guest very well, Denny Willis. Denny is our Director of Global Outreach for the church. Uh, You oversee, Randy, our local, regional, and, and global outreach areas and have a director in each of those roles. Denny happens to be the uh, global director for that. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about Denny's role. Yeah, Denny is a fantastic team member. He is focused on everything we do overseas. He's developed some deep relationships with several of our partners, really all of our partners overseas, and provides a tremendous bridge for us to serve over in those countries. Um, He's involved with the training. He's involved with leadership development, leadership recruiting, because as you know, our goal is to get everybody involved in one of the three areas. And he's just doing a really great job and has built such good relationships. And I just love having him on the team. Yeah, Denny's the best. Why don't you give us a little intro on our guest today? Well, the particular guest we have today is Mahar Hodge, and he is a national director for Youth for Christ in Lebanon and has direct oversight over the Reconciliation Center there, right near the refugee community in a very difficult part of Beirut. And with the huge disaster over there, he's had to pivot so much of his organization because it's basically a youth organization, and they did an amazing job pivoting into more of a relief role, and they've been real flexible. And it's been so good for us because we were able to directly help because we had him on the field. We had somebody that we knew we could trust, because whenever there's a disaster, it becomes difficult. And having him there just really smoothed everything out for us to be able to help them. That's great. Well, without much further ado, let's take a listen to this uh, wonderful interview you guys did with Mahar. I'm so glad to have you here. Why don't you just introduce yourself, start off by just talking a little bit about what it is that you're responsible for over there and a little bit about the ministry in general. Uh, Thank you, first of all, to have me part of this. It's my pleasure. I oversee the work of Youth for Christ in Lebanon. Uh, I've been the national director for the last nine years. And we have worked with Syrian refugees in the tent communities. And we have worked also with uh, poor Lebanese and even refugees in the suburbs of Beirut. And we do lots of work on the school campuses and lots of training for local churches and in the region. Our vision is to reach every young person in Lebanon with the gospel, to disciple them and uh, connect them to a local church. So that's our passion, and we do it in a very creative, fun, and biblical way uh, for the youth to get introduced to Christ and want to uh, follow him and live for him. You kind of went by pretty quickly when you said tent communities. Can you tell us a little bit, just kind of, I want to, really get people to see this kind of in their minds. 
Talk a little bit about that. Because of the war in Syria, a lot of people have left their country and came to Lebanon as refugees. And those that live in the tent communities, it's uh, near the Syrian border, east of Beirut. Uh, we have uh, about 700, 750,000 people living in tents in very poor conditions. And they're considered the poor of the poor in Lebanon. They're struggling a lot with providing uh, income, providing food, uh, providing you know, heat uh, for, for, the, for the winter. It's, it's devastating to see how they're living. And YFC was intentional that we want to be there and want to engage and love them and, and do the best to meet their emotional, physical, spiritual needs. And we started the program about five years ago for the teenage boys. It's a, it's a soccer program where they come to our playground and there's a soccer coach who's also Syrian. And he spends a lot of time building their character, building a team for them to play together and enjoy it, not just as a game, but as a lot of lessons for their, for their everyday life. So there is a Bible, Bible intake and also uh, some sports and fun. For the ladies, for the girls, we have uh, arts and crafts and sewing programs where we're helping them uh, like do some jewelry and we help them sell it so that they can uh, provide income for their families. And also the teenage boys and girls, uh, they, they want to learn how to write and read. So also we help them in Arabic and English because very few of them know how to do that, to write and read in Arabic and English. So we, we have a holistic approach to our ministry with Syrian refugees, seeing what their needs uh, and trying our best to, to fill that. We do lots of tent visits. We go where they are into the tent community and we go and pray for them, uh, check on them, see if there's anything they need, uh, provide food, provide medicine, whatever we're able to help, we're doing that. We want to be the, the hands and the feet of Christ in a very practical way for the Syrian refugees uh, in the Bekaa Valley. Danny, I'd just like to have you chime in a little bit. You've seen this all, right? You've been there. How does that look to you? Yeah, I've uh, actually had the pleasure and uh, the privilege of uh, visiting many of the tent communities with Maher. I've actually sat in some of the tents with them and I've heard the stories and, and the horrific things that they go through. And I've heard the impact that Youth for Christ has made on their lives. I, I've actually heard Syrian refugees say that, you know, the government came, Red Cross came, and, and all these different, uh, maybe even uh, different Muslim people had come to help. But the ones that have stayed have been, have been the Christians, particularly Youth for Christ, helping them with food and uh, medicine and education, and, and of course, bringing the gospel and really showing the love of Christ to each and every one of them. The conditions that they live in are horrible. And we don't even understand in the United States what, what it's like uh, living in these tents, these makeshift tent cities, no running water, uh, very little electric, uh, mostly mud floors. Uh, they, they do a beautiful job keeping the community clean, but uh, it's really hard conditions that they're living in. And you see Youth for Christ loving on them like no others. That would be so well worth whatever you're doing if that was all you did. But that's not all you do. 
What's the next thing that would be on the list of uh, your priorities in Lebanon? We started a youth center three years ago in a very tough neighborhood in the suburbs of Beirut. And we intentionally chose that neighborhood because of the people that live there that can't stand each other. You have Lebanese that uh, dislike the Syrians living there or Lebanese disliking the Palestinians that live there or even Armenians that dislike the Kurds that live there. There's a lot of uh, bitterness and anger and even hate. And it goes back to a lot of history of uh, during the civil war and uh, all the problems that happened in Lebanon with different people groups and religious background groups that led to all that mess. And they all live in this tiny area in the suburbs of Beirut. It's about like one square mile and you have a quarter of a million people living there. And out of the quarter of a million, you have 100,000 refugees. Um, so YFC planted a youth center three years ago over there. And our main purpose is how to reconcile the youth that live there to the Lord and how to reconcile them with each other. It's a tough task. Some, some were thinking it's an impossible task. But we believe in the Lord that has died on the cross to reconcile us to the Father and even to help us forgive and be reconciled to each other, even our enemies. So uh, this center, we call it Lighthouse. In Arabic, it's called Manara. And our purpose also is to be a lighthouse in such a dark neighborhood where there is so much bad things going on and hoping that the light of Christ can push that darkness away and transform the lives of the young people living there. Lebanese, Syrians, Palestinians, Iraqis, Kurds, uh, Christians, Muslims. When I say Christians, uh, I mean nominal Christians and Muslims from different backgrounds. So we started the program three years ago, uh, an educational program, a psychosocial program, a recreational, reconciliation and spiritual. And last year, we added a, a sixth aspect to our ministries, which is vocational training. And we started a carpentry workshop. So we, we did like an assessment of the needs of the youth over there and started all those different programs. And it's also a holistic approach uh, to ministry. So we are showing them the love of Christ by the way we talk, act, uh, speak, and also by the way we love them and show them grace. Is it known to be a Christian center, or is it something they learn about as they go into it? No, they call us the Christian center, because the majority of the youth that come to the center are, not, are from non-Christian backgrounds. So we are called the Christian center. Everybody's welcome, and they're desperately opposed to each other when they come there. How do you deal with that, and how does it change over time? Yeah, for the first three months when we opened the center three years ago, we spent it mainly stopping lots of fights. There's a lot of anger, violence, resentment. So youth come and, and they get upset with each other and start beating up each other. So we had to, to just try to break fights. And even if we break fights at the center and they go outside, the fights continue. And the neighbors would be upset and they call the police and the police come and it would be a big mess. So we, we said we need to do something very quick. And this something is starting our 
peace building and reconciliation program where the youth that uh, would come to our center, we would encourage them to be part of it. We don't force them, but we encourage them. And we tell them, try it one or two times. It's, it's about eight to 10 meetings. So it goes over a period of three months. If you like it, stay. If not, leave. We've never had any young person leave. And we've seen a transformation in these youth after those three months are over. It's like small groups of young people, about 12 youth per group. So we keep it small. Half of them would be Lebanese and half of them would be not Lebanese. And honestly, when we start that program, usually the Lebanese are on one side and the non-Lebanese are on a different side and they don't get along. But in this program, we do a time where uh, we sit and eat together, lunch or dinner. We do team building activity and we take a topic and we discuss it. Uh, we talk about anger, about injustice, about hate. And bit by bit, we want to get them to a point to tell them why as a Lebanese, you look down on the Syrian. Why as a, as a Palestinian, you're intimidated by a Lebanese. To get them to a point that they would see that they're both created on the image of God and they need to treat each other equally and respectfully. And Jesus came for all of you. And he came to give you an abundant life. We reach a point that when they want to graduate from this program, they have to do a community development project or a community service project. So they, they choose a project of their choice. So it could be cleaning a certain street or painting a certain neighborhood or going around and distributing lemonade and bracelets that says peace and love and forgiveness. And the community are shocked to see those different youth from different religious background or ethnic background getting along and being friends. And, and that's having a ripple effect on the community, uh, on their peers, or even on their families. So it's been very fruitful. And we have at least 100 youth graduate from this program every year. And it's very exciting to see uh, the change in their lives and the impacts they're having. I mean, I'm getting excited because I know this is something that we're supporting, Denny. And can you just speak a little bit to how we're supporting this? And when, when you go over there, how do you get involved with all this? And what opportunities are there for people that are listening to it? Yeah, it's exciting to see the Lighthouse or the Manara Center up and running. I've had the privilege of many times uh, being there and serving there. And, and the work they're doing is absolutely incredible. Um, there's a bunch of ways that the church is supporting it through one of our programs called Hard Check, where we have a campaign once a year and, and we donate to the, the ongoing ministry there. Also, there's ways that you, individuals can donate um, through individually to YFC International Lebanon. And I think Maher could probably share that in a little bit. But we've been there working in camps, but we've also had the privilege of going and serving inside the Manara Center seeing the education that's going on, seeing the reconciliation. And I've actually stood on the rooftop and looked at the community and, and it's, it is dense. And there's a lot of hatred that's going throughout that neighborhood. And the work that Maher and YFC and the staff is doing is, is absolutely incredible. To see ethnic groups and religious groups that typically would hate each other coming together, working together, loving on each other. And Maher can tell you stories about 
Syrians and, and Lebanese inviting each other to their houses for uh, parties, people that would normally not get along with each other, um, you see the Good Samaritan at work in Lebanon through YFC. Mahar, can you tell us a story with reconciliation at its core that you've been able to be a part of? So we had two girls uh, that have been coming to our center, Reem and Rawan. Reem is a nominal Christian Lebanese and Rawan is a Muslim Syrian refugee. And uh, the dad of Rawan always told her, mind your own business, don't get in trouble with Lebanese, stay out of their way. And uh, Reem, uh, the Lebanese girl, uh, her dad would tell her, yeah, when you don't speak with Syrians, uh, they've done so much bad for us uh, over the years. And even uh, her dad and even her grandpa, they fought during the civil war against Syrian, uh, against Muslims. And when Syrians came to occupy us, they fought against them. So there was a lot of hate in that family against Syrians. So he told them, you know, treat them bad, don't befriend them or anything. But both of these girls were coming to our center in Manara. And uh, like other youth, we would encourage them to join the reconciliation program. Both of them were hesitant, but they were willing to try it out. And uh, by the time this uh, program was over, those two girls were best friends. And you cannot separate them from each other. And for the first time ever, Reem, which is a Christian Lebanese or nominal Christian Lebanese, have invited a Syrian refugee to her house. And Rawan, a Syrian refugee, has invited for the first time ever a nominal Christian Lebanese to her house. To reach that point, it shows how much these young girls had a huge impact on their families to change the way they're thinking and living because of the baggage of, of the enmity we had in the past. So it's a powerful transformation even for the family. Uh, and it shows how the youth can change things around that seem impossible. I've experienced this before, and it's so true how the youth are the key. Uh, it's just such a privilege to be able to be partnered with you guys. Denny, I mean, we have him here. Let's take full advantage. What else would you like to ask him while he's here? Well, I think we need to talk to the Meher and talk about the school ministry and some of the camps that they have uh, put on that we've been a privilege to be part of uh, serving in camps with them. But every week there's ministry going on inside the schools. Uh, one school was in session and they put in summer camps. And I think to hear from him about the work that they're doing in there, that would be interesting. So we are present uh, in about a dozen of schools in uh, Beirut and in the Bekaa Valley, where we have our staff every week on school campuses, even sharing from the Word of God during assembly time, or even going into a classroom and running a discussion debate about a certain topic that the youth will discuss, and they will have a, a biblical wrap-up at the end. The staff will be present during the break time or recess time, and they interact with the youth, or even they will run some games and challenges also during the recess. And, and the aim is to build relationship with the youth so that we can invite them to our outreach clubs and big events that we usually do over Christmas and Easter time, and to the big summer camp that we organize every year and would have at least 100 uh, youth that come from different schools. These schools are Christian schools, but some of them have a huge 
number of Muslim student body. Uh, and we have the privilege to be there and to share uh, the love of Christ from the Gospels in a, in a very creative and practical way. And we've seen over the years how the seeds that have been planted have bared fruit. And some of these youth have been uh, followed up, discipled, mentored by our staff. And even some of them have become part of our volunteer staff and some of our full-time staff, which is just amazing. So uh, at the summer camps that we partner with the church, uh, they send a team every year to help us. It's a crazy five-day full of energy. Uh, we wake up early morning. We don't sleep until the early hours. Non-stop uh, activities and games and worship and Bible talks and discussion groups and a lot of special things happening during, during that camp. And we see young people make decisions for the first time to follow Christ. Um, so it's, it's the, the peak of our school ministry every year. That's fantastic. I don't think we can not talk about some recent historical events that just took place in your country. Can you give us a kind of a broad sweep of not only the government and its being dissolved and also the explosion that took place and just how that has impacted you? Where is that all at right now? So we've been, I think, in the news since October 2019, where the demonstrations and some have called it the revolution have started against a corrupt system that's been running for the last 30 years. And the Lebanese people were fed up and they wanted change. And they were able to bring down the government and a new government was formed, but the government was not able to do much. So they went down to the streets again, the Lebanese people, and brought the government down again. And just recently, uh, a new prime minister was uh, appointed and he's working on forming a new government. So this is the third government uh, in, in a year. But whatever has been going on from the corruption and all the malpractice that the politicians have been doing have really killed our economy. And our Lebanese lira since October has devaluated from 1500 to a dollar to right now 7,500 7, to a dollar. And then add to it COVID that hit the country in March and all the lockdown that took place. So uh, a lot of people have lost their jobs uh, or people that still have jobs and are still uh, getting paid in Lebanese. Uh, they're really getting one fifth of their salary. And to make things worse is what happened on August 4th. Uh, we didn't know that things could get even worse than what we've been living. And a huge explosion took place and almost destroyed half of our capital city, Beirut. And uh, thousands and thousands of people became homeless. Uh, at least 200 people died. 7,000 injured. A lot of property and businesses are destroyed. And it's a, it's a disaster. YFC not being a relief or a humanitarian organization, we couldn't just sit and do nothing. We're a youth organization, but we wanted to be there with our people. And we made a decision that the youth that uh, are part of our Manara ministry, we want to be next to them. So 
we started a, a project, repairing homes project for 100 families whom their youth are already part of our ministry, part of Manara, fixing their uh, glass windows, glass doors, aluminum, uh, wood. So whatever damages due to the explosion, we went in and helped fix 100 homes. We should be done by that by end of September, God willing. Uh, Bush Hamoud is only about a kilometer and a half, which is about a mile away from the harbor where the blast happened. So it's close. And because of all of that, we figured out there's a lot of families that now needed food and medicine and they, they haven't been paying rent or their school uh, tuition for many months because of the horrible economy. And because of the blast, that's even have hit them harder. So that's another 100 families. We're supporting them in that way. So in total, by the end of the year, we would have helped 200 families in fixing their home providing food, non-food items, and anything else that we can meet for their physical need. And it's interesting that these families didn't expect us to help them because they know us that we're just a youth ministry, youth organization, and we've been taking care of their youth for the last two, three years in the different aspects of ministry we do. But it's been uh, so encouraging to know that we were one of the first organizations to contact them and asked about how they're doing and how can we help. And we were one of the few organizations that promised to visit them and we came and visit them and assess the damages. And we were quick to help them meet uh, their needs. And there's incredible uh, testimonies of how much they're grateful and blessed. And, and I've told the staff, you know, that our reputations as followers of Christ is on the line. If we're going to be there next to them, good. we need to be next to them in the bad times. And uh, in the bad times, we need to be next to them and help them in any way we can. And by doing that and showing the love of Christ in a practical way, uh, we're honoring and glorifying the name of Christ among these Muslim families that are Lebanese and even refugees. So uh, after doing lots of work until this day, I would say, indeed, the name of Christ has been glorified and honored among these families. Tremendous. I can't help but think of wanting to be there. I would love to be able to come visit, and I'm planning to. When people come and visit you from here, how do they get involved there? I mean, there's so many things you got going on. What opportunities are there for people like me or like people that come to our different campuses? What connection can they make there? Yeah, there's a lot of opportunities. And as your church, uh, of course, uh, has been involved with us for many years, uh, we plug them in, uh, in different ministry programs, depending on when they're in Lebanon. If they're in Lebanon during the school year, we involve them in our school ministry to come and assist our staff in the different programs I, I explained before. And even coming up to the tent communities, and helping us in our programs, or even coming to the Manara Center. So there is no limits of how they can contribute and add value to what we do, as long as they love young people and they have something to give. They, they, they play music, they tell Bible stories, they can do sports, arts and crafts. You know, they just want to love them and be with them and be Christ for them, and we can use them in, in any way. And it's been always a privilege for us to host the church that you come from or even other churches that want to come and visit us. 
course, we need to have a kingdom mind. In, we have a kingdom mind in ministry. And we are blessed when teams come and visit them. And I'm sure they are blessed also by, by uh, spending time with our staff and our young people. So we're very open to host teams. And uh, we've been doing this for a while. So uh, things will go very smooth in lodging and food and transportation and, uh, and even translation if needed. So um, it, it's an easy thing to do together. Very good. Very good. Maher and I have had a joke uh, ongoing for several years about this being just a cute little youth ministry. And uh, as you've heard that this is so much more than youth ministry, it's, it's humanitarian, it's, it's showing the love of Christ, it's the good, good Samaritan. And um, I just want people to understand what a visionary and what a humble guy that Maher is. And Maher, how can we be praying for you specifically and be praying for Beirut? Yeah, we need lots of prayers and uh, prayers to sustain us as the body of Christ in Lebanon, as the church of Lebanon, as the Christian organization serving Lebanon, because it's very tough times. A lot of people are leaving the country or have left the country because they're hopeless and they see nothing will change and, and things are getting bad and bad. So uh, we need to stay the hope for, for the people that are uh, in Lebanon. Uh, and of course, that hope is Christ. We want to be the joy. We want to be the peace. We want to be the good aroma of Christ for, for the youth we serve with and the families we serve with because really people are depressed, are, are very sad and, and hopeless. So we need, to, we need the, the Holy Spirit to sustain us and keep us energetic and, and positive and passionate to continue serving and, uh, and filling the gap and standing in the gap right now. Also prayer for, uh, you know, there's a lot of huge needs that we're trying our best to, to meet. Um, we're very, we've raised lots of funds and the Lord has been very generous and whatever funds we, we keep getting, we're going to keep helping people uh, and providing food and medicine and other things we can do to ease, to ease their pain and their struggles. And I think also prayer for our politicians and for our uh, political leaders that they would really uh, decide to care about Lebanon as a country and people and not their selfish ambitions and desires that they wake up after 30 years of causing such a mess that they would really care about us as a country and not be so egocentric and selfish. We're praying for some kind of, of a change in heart or a new group of political leaders that, that would be young and would be willing to fight all this injustice and corruption to, for Lebanon to rise up again. That's amazing. I'm just listening to you, I'm hearing you, and I'm seeing just a, a mighty man of God doing the work. I need to ask, how did you become who you are today? Tell me your story. You know, when did you find the Lord? How did that happen? I was born and raised in Saudi Arabia, although I come from a nominal Christian family, but my, uh, my family was living there, and I was brought up there, and I didn't really know much about the Christian faith living in such a closed uh, Muslim nation. It wasn't until I came to Lebanon 
that I started to know the difference between a Christian and a Muslim and about how we're different, but still I, I wasn't really interested in, in being, you know, uh, a person that would grow in his Bible knowledge or in his faith. I, I lived a, a normal, nominal life, uh, a good person. I don't hurt anyone and nobody would hurt me. A good, a good person's life. And I was, I was a teenager, and uh, as a teenager, uh, going through the struggles, teenage years, um, Youth for Christ happened to visit my school. I was uh, age 16. And they came and did some programs, and I liked them. I'm like, this is a cool uh, group of uh, people that call themselves Christians or followers of Christ, and they're not boring, they're fun. And they invited us to come to the different programs. Uh, but I wasn't so interested because I thought maybe they're fun at school, but when I go to YFC, it's going to be all prayer and, and stuff, uh, heavy stuff about the Bible and stuff like that. So I wasn't really too interested. But my best friend convinced me to go together. And I had the best time of my life, uh, in a sense, like meeting such genuine people that uh, loved Jesus and loved me as a teenager and were a good role model of, for me. And in one of the uh, club outreach club meetings, one of the leaders was teaching from John 10.10 10, that I have come to give you life, but not any kind of life, an abundant life. And it meant a lot to me because during those years as a teenager, I was really struggling with, with life. Uh, because I had one of my friends at school commit suicide. And uh, in his suicide note, he said that life is meaningless and I prefer to die and he killed himself. And I was looking always in my teenage years for a purpose and a goal for life. And I was not finding it because I was looking in, a, in the wrong places in a, or in the wrong, uh, wrong way. So that night... It's like my eyes have opened for the first time that if I want to know the purpose for my life or give my life a meaning, I need to invite Jesus into my life and let him show me what he has in store for me. And I was 16 years old and invited to Christ as my Lord and Savior. And Youth for Christ have invested a lot in following up on me, on teaching me the word of God and discipling me and even, even training me to be a youth worker. And I served for several years as a volunteer. And by the time I graduated from university, I got a calling for full-time ministry. And I joined YFC as a full-time staff in 2003. And nine years ago, I was invited to become the national director. So I've been around for quite a while, for about uh, 26 years as part of the YFC family in Lebanon. And the Lord has given me a lot of passion for the lost youth of Lebanon, a lot of passion to see young generation of youth leaders stepping up and serving in the churches to serve the youth in their church and in the neighborhoods surrounding the churches. So I'm very passionate to see young people saved and discipled and trained to reach a generation of youth in Lebanon for Christ.
I was impressed with YFC before, but now hearing your story just compounds the just the amazingness of that organization. It's just really great. There is one more question, Maher. I know that this COVID has been very tough. The explosion has been tough. And uh, with schools being closed down, it's been tough to minister to uh, the students. Talk about your online presence and, and what you've been doing with that. I've been following you quite a bit on Instagram. And the way you're reaching out to the students is phenomenal. Could you, you talk about that a little bit? We're present on Facebook, on Instagram, even on TikTok, and even on YouTube. You can look for us under YFC Guy or YFC Lebanon. You can find us on those. We already had a plan. We've put one of our strategy for 2020 is to have a stronger presence online. But we didn't know that when we put that plan in September 2019, that COVID was going to hit the world. So we were planning anyways to start it, but maybe slower. But once schools closed down in March, it has been closed till now, we didn't have access anymore to schools. But we needed to stay in touch with these hundreds and thousands of youth that we've been building relationship with them over the years. And our school ministry team has become a social media team. And they started like crazy researching what are youth interested to see, to watch, to listen, to engage in. And we tried so many different things to see what works and what doesn't work from online games and challenges, from devotionals, from uh, different interviews with uh, young people and young adults. And we've learned a lot. And we, we had a good following. The, the youth, you know, they're, they're stuck at home in COVID. And, and they're stuck on their phones or on their, on their tablets. So, so they're already there. They're on social media. So we were present on social media with them. And it's so exciting to see the engagement we had with the youth that uh, now we have uh, a department for social media to cover more youth. And, you know, because of social media, you can reach any young person in Lebanon, not just in Beirut or in Zahli, where we have ministry, anywhere from, from the north and the south. And you, you, can, you can reach in, 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 even in their own homes. So uh, it's been a very exciting way. It's been challenging for us at the beginning, but uh, it's promising and we're seeing fruits and we're looking on, okay, what's the next step offline? You know, we're online with them, but we're going to reach a place where we can maybe see them face to face, to follow up on them, to disciple them, to mentor them. Yeah, our team is busy looking on creative ways for that. That's incredible. I mean, just when you see everything going, like, how are we going to survive? And then all of a sudden, several doors open to minister like you never thought you could. I think that's just such a God thing. Mahar, can you give us the connection of information, how people can give to your ministry there? Yeah, people, if they would like to give online, they can go to the yfci.org website, and uh, they can find the Lebanon account. And there they can designate their gift towards a certain project. And even they can find the information how they can uh, send a check or even pay by a debit or credit card. That's the best way uh, for people that would give in the U.S. to give to our international office. And then they would wire us the money to Lebanon. Cool. 
And Denny, can you let people know if uh, they're interested in ever getting over there, which hopefully many will, how does that work here at the church? They can go to the website, watermarkwesleyan.com, and go to outreach, and they can find all my contact information there, reach out to me personally, and I can give them the information they need. Uh, hopefully within the next couple of months, Maher and I will start discussing trips for 2021, possibly summer. And when those trips are set, we'll have that information up online. They'll be able to go on and digitally fill out an application and uh, we'll go from there. Beautiful. Thank you guys so much. God bless you. And I can't wait to get over there and check things out. Looking forward to having you here. Well, there you have it. Great to hear from you guys. Thanks, Mahara and Denny, for joining us today. Randy, great job with that interview. Anything that kind of stood out to you as you talked? Well, the one thing I like about working with them over there is that they're from over there. He's been in a few different countries, came from different country, landed this position, and is just serving. And you can see he's just got the servant's heart. He's got that. It just doesn't matter. We're going to serve the Lord here. And even in the midst of, of chaos, he can pull a team together and just focus on the needs that are immediately before him. And somehow he's managed to keep a rather positive attitude. I mean, the government's falling apart there, as you heard, and different things are crashing around him, and yet he stays like a steady force. And that's really the power of the Holy Spirit, I think, just working in and through him. And it's just a live example of someone who's just turned their life over and said, Lord, use me ever, however you want. And just to have him as part of our uh, outreach effort and being connected to him and having our church able to minister through their ministry and be a part of their ministry. You can't ask for a better partner. You just can't. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again for a great interview, Randy. And for those of you listening, please feel free to check out the episode notes for any pertinent links and information. As always, feel free to email us at reachandteach at watermarkwesleyan.com. Have a great day and we'll see you next time. Thanks.